Lord is good. Praise God. I'm reading this morning from Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And I want to begin reading at the 13th verse. Just a few verses of scripture here in your hearing. Exodus chapter 3 beginning with verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, and I love that it's in all caps, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, the memorial of his name. The memorial of his name. Praise God. Could we lift up our voices and ask the blessing of God to be upon the preaching of his word today. Lord, I thank you for this gathering of your holy people. I thank you, Lord, that we who are imperfect can step into your presence and worship you so freely because of your great and tender mercies and your loving kindness toward us. We thank you that you've extended the scepter of righteousness and made us feel so welcome in your presence. God, I pray today that you will move upon each and every individual. Let your word have free course. Lord, let it be accurate. Let it be spoken in love. Let it be bold. Help it, Lord God, to perform that which you intended to perform. We give you all the praise and the glory. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we ask these things. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Moses was up in years when this event occurred in his life. Some would say that the bulk of his life had passed him by. He was not proud of that that you would call the first part of his life. Some would even say that he was just kind of waiting for life to expire. He was sitting on the backside of a desert, watching sheep, tending to sheep, but, but, but really just felt like he had made a miserable failure out of his life. He seemed to begin life with such purpose. His parents hid him for three months until they could hide him no longer. They prevented him from being a statistic, if you please, along upon Pharaoh's decimation of the Hebrew men children. But, but his parents hid him and gave them direction. By faith, he was hid. And, and this life began with such divine destiny associated with it. And he was drawn up out of the water. And by Pharaoh's daughter, she named him Moses for that reason. It's interesting. I want to just... Pause for a moment and point out that his name was received as he came up out of the water. And, and this was, of course, a life that God had ordained for his purpose, for his glory. 
And it was a beautiful life and it was a beautiful thing until one day he made a tragic mistake. And this tragic mistake seemed to just be the end of everything. And, and, and Moses really looked to kind of uh, expect that he had nothing more to look forward to. And all of that was about to change in the passage of Scripture that we're reading. He comes upon a bush that was burning, but it was not being consumed. And he makes this statement. He says, now I will turn aside and see this great sight. And it, it, kind of inferring that he had seen it before and just not taken the time to observe it. Because he said, now I will turn aside. So I don't know, but it stands to a conjecture that perhaps he saw it. It was burning, and when he came back, it was still burning, but not being consumed. And, and he said, you know what? I expected this thing to be burned up, but this is a different kind of fire. Hallelujah. It's a different kind of fire. And so he turns aside, and of course, there is this encounter with the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob that changes his life forever. And in this exchange with God, Moses receives an understanding of who the Lord is and, and that understanding allows him to proceed with the purpose of God for his life. And so Moses has this conversation with God and God explains to Moses, I have heard, I have, I have seen the affliction of my people and I have heard their cry and I am come down to deliver them from the bondage of Egypt. And furthermore, I have chosen you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses could think of a number of different people who in his estimation would have been a better fit for this great task. But God said, I have chosen you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses kept saying this in response. This question just kept coming forward. He kept saying, who am I? Who am I? And, and that berays what was really happening in his mind and what happens in the minds of many people here today. Who am I that God would choose me? What do I matter? What significance do I have? Who am I? And to that question, the Lord would respond, I am. And I want you to understand that that is the answer to that question. Who am I? I am. Who am I? doesn't matter my identity of failure, my identity of mistake-ridden past. It doesn't matter what all I have done or misdone, but, but it matters who the Lord is. And who the Lord is helps me understand I have value, I have purpose. Hallelujah, I have a, a call of God upon my life. And Moses asks the Lord this question. He said to him, Lord, when I go, I can already imagine in my mind how this is going to turn out. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to say to them, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me unto you to deliver you out of the bondage of Egypt. And they're going to look at me and they're going to say, who's he? 
if you really know him all that well, what is his name? Because when you know somebody, you know their name. Moses is talking about having these conversations with God. And, and the people want to know what is his name. And the Lord said, you're going to tell them, I am that I am. Now, this is a twofold reference to one God. I am that I am. He is referring to a time in time, a point in time where he will come down to earth. He said that I am come down to deliver Egypt out of bondage. He is referring to his self-existence and the fact that that self-existence will take up residence upon this earth. I am that I am. And you will tell them I am hath sent me unto thee. Now this was the name of God. And that name of God that Moses received was simply to exist. Self-existent. He is the self-existent God. When we use the name Jehovah, it is an English uh, translation of the, of the name Yahweh or Y-V-H-V, Yahweh meaning to exist, the self-existent one. Nobody created him. Nobody made him. He is not like the idols of the people. Nobody named him. He named himself. He exists by the power of his own wisdom. He exists after the counsel of his own will. There is no beginning to him. He is the beginning. There is no ending to him. He is the ending. And so he is revealing to Moses, you're going to go tell my people that I am. That I exist. Hallelujah. Now this name of God was a name that he was revealing to Moses. He had always been this. But Moses was the first that was going to really understand what this name means. To Adam, God revealed himself as Elohim. Elohim was his name to Adam. He is the God who creates this name Elohim actually is plural, but it's not referring to a plurality of persons or to a plurality of deities, but to the plurality of his mighty power and his manifold wisdom. It is referring to the plurality of his many abilities and particularly as it relates to creation. He is Elohim the creator. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. And, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. And you can see the plurality of that name, even as it's referenced by the seven spirits of God or the seven expressions of his spirit. And so Adam knew him as the Elohim. Abraham would know him as El, El Shaddai, El Yon, Adonai. He would know him by these names. And then, of course, we come to Moses. Because God, to Adam, was letting him know, I am the creator. And to Abraham, he was letting him know, I am the creator of a nation. And to Moses, he was letting him know, I exist and I have all power 
And this was going to be key to Moses' success in Egypt because when Moses would go into Egypt, he was going to need to understand who sent him because he was going to contend with the gods of the Egyptians. The Egyptians had many gods. And if you study the plagues that the Lord brought upon Egypt, each of these plagues was a dethroning of the various deities that the Egyptians believed in. One by one, God removed the superstition of who they were worshiping. They had configured all sorts of gods. They had made all sorts of idols. They had imagined all sorts of deities. But the one true and living God was going to step into the picture and say, I alone am the Lord who created you. And you didn't make me, I made you. You didn't create me, I created you. You didn't fashion me like you fashioned all your other gods. I fashioned you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Moses was going to have to understand the identity of God when he walked into Egypt because it was going to be a difficult task and he wasn't going to walk in his own power. He wasn't going to walk in his own ability. It wasn't going to be by the strength of his own hand. Moses was severely limited in what he personally was capable of doing. He was going to walk in the power of the one true self-existent God. And I want you to know he is self-existent. Somebody asked me one time, they said, you don't believe in two persons. I said, no, there's one Lord and him only shall you serve. They said that can't be because the Bible says God is love. And in order for God to be love, it means there has to be a recipient of that love. There can't be love if there's just one providing love but no one receiving love. I said, oh, I said, you're talking about human love. God is not human love. God is agape love. God is chesed love. God is loving kindness, and this love of God is self-existent. He doesn't need somebody to receive it. He doesn't need somebody to give it. He is love all by himself. He is not the king because we elected him. He is the king all by himself. He is not the Lord because we voted him in as Lord. He is Lord all by himself. He is the self-existent, self-sustaining, all-powerful, almighty, El Shaddai, El Yon, Elohim, Yahweh, the Lord, our God. He is one. And he told Moses, he said, this is my name and this is my memorial unto all generations. I want every generation to know the might and the power and the wisdom of God. And I come to you today to exalt the Lord your God. Hallelujah. You say, I wish, I wish that you would give me something tangible that I can hold on to. Oh, so this tells me I really do need to exalt the Lord your God because you must not know much about him if you don't think understanding more about him won't give you something tangible to hold on to. 
you must not know much about him if you don't think experiencing more of him will improve your day-to-day life. You must not know much about him if you don't think that immersing yourself in his nature and in his presence and in his name and in his identity, if you don't think that that will help you in a practical, pragmatic sense, then you need to find some more out about the Lord you're worshiping. You're not worshiping one of the gods of the people. He alone is the Lord. He does not need another. He is your self-sustaining power. He is the source of all life. He is the source of all love. He is the source of all joy. He is the source of all peace. We are made in his image. He's not made in our image. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He is the Lord. He hath made us and not we ourselves. This is the memorial of God unto all generations. And as we celebrate Memorial Day and we commemorate the lives of those who gave their life for this great cause of freedom and liberty in our nation, it is vitally important that we take time to understand the significance of memorials. The memorial of God unto all generations is his name. It is his name. It is not just any other name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Inside his name, hallelujah, inside his name is the integrity and the character and the nature of God. And the more you draw close to him, the more you will be like him. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, hallelujah. We will know him as he is, and because we will see him, the more you see him, the more you can be like him. I said the more that you see him, the clearer that he comes into your focus, the more you can be like the Lord. You need to know that he's the Elohim. You need to know that he is the Lord God creator of heaven and earth. You need to know that he created all things. You need to know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all they that dwell therein, seeing, O ye nations of the earth, seeing, O ye isles, waves clap your hands, trees wave your hands, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works and his goodness to the children of men. Hallelujah. You got to know that we are not here by accident. 
We are here on purpose. You've got to know God created this earth and that it is only when earth will return to him in humble submission that all things will come into order. It is the rebellion and the disobedience and the sinfulness of man that has turned our world upside down. Hallelujah. You need to know that God is the only source of all joy and all peace and all power and all wisdom. Hallelujah. Oh, I know we should know that. I know we should know that. But I think we surprise ourselves by how easily we walk away from that in our daily actions and in our daily doubts and in our daily mistreatment of people. Sometimes we forget that the Lord God is above all so he said, I want a memorial unto all generations. I want every generation to come up knowing who I am. You know what he told Moses one day? He said, Moses, hear, O Israel. What a, what a word, hear. Hallelujah. Listen. Come out of whatever has deafened you and listen to what I'm saying. Come away from whatever is distracting you and hear, oh Israel, listen to the words of your creator, the one who made you, who fashioned you, the one who loves you with an everlasting love. I don't know what's distracting us. I don't know what's deafening us. I don't know what's muting God, but you better come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, because he's got a message for us here. Oh, Israel, there's a word. Oh, Israel. You just take that one little letter. Oh, that's a powerful, that's a powerful expression. Here, listen. Oh, I'm telling you, every word of God is pure. Every one letter word matters. Hear, listen up. Oh, you can hear the anguish of God. You can hear the fervor of God. You can sense the urgency of God. Oh, Israel. You prince that has prevailed with God and man. You prince that has divine favor with God. Hear, oh Israel, thee. <laughs> oh, don't make me get started on that word. Because I'm not talking about any. I'm not talking about any old. I'm not talking about a multiplicity. I'm talking about thee. Lord, the I am, the self-existent one, the Lord, our, he's all of us. He doesn't belong to a select few. He is our God, the Lord, our God is, not just was, and not just is to come, but is, what? Not two, not three, not four, five, six, or seven. He is one God. He said, Moses, I want you to tell that to your children. I want you to teach it diligently to your children. I want you to wake up in the morning saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
I want you to go to the breakfast table and think and say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I want all of your questions and all of your conversations and all of your answers and everything you say. I want it to come back to, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I want it as frontlets between your eyes. I want it on your arm. I want it on the doorpost of your home. I want it everywhere your children look. And here's the Lord told him why. He said, because there's coming a day when your children will go into lands that worship other gods. We call it life. They're going to workplaces where other gods are worshipped. They're going into schools where other gods are worshipped. They're going into government buildings where other gods are worshipped. They're going into restaurants and, and, and places of business where other gods are worshipped. They're going to go into various interactions with people where other gods are worshipped. And there will be a temptation. And I want as a memorial unto all generations this settled knowledge the Lord our God is one Lord hallelujah a memorial unto all generations Elohim El Shaddai Yahweh he is only one God and then the Bible says that Elohim El Shaddai Yahweh Adonai, all of these beautiful names of one God. And each name represents a unique part of his power. But all of those names are going to be wrapped up into one name. Hallelujah. All of those names are going to be wrapped up into one name. Hallelujah. You can call him wonderful. You can call him counselor. You can call him mighty God. You can call him everlasting father. You can call him prince of peace. You can call him holy. You can call him righteous. You can call him wise. You can call him savior. You can call him redeemer, deliverer. Hallelujah. You can call him the one true and living God. Adonai, Elohim, Elyon, El Shaddai. But all of those names are found in one name. Hallelujah. Hear what I'm telling you. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord is my sanctification. Jehovah Zitkanu, the Lord is my righteousness. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is present. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Jehovah, I'm talking about the same God that thundered on Mount Sinai. I'm talking about the same God that shut the mouths of the lions in Daniel's lonely den. I'm talking about the same God. Wrapped up all of those qualities and all of that power in the one name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. And at that name, every tongue shall confess. Woo. I'm going to tell you something. When your car is careening out of control and you don't know who to call on, you don't have to wonder, should I call on the Father? 
or should I call on the Son? Or should I call on the Holy Ghost? You don't have to wonder, do I need him to be my deliverer? Or do I need him to be my provider? Or do I need him to be my healer? You don't have to worry about distinguishing and delineating because it's all one person. It's all one name. All you do is shout, Jesus! And if you need a deliverer, he's your deliverance. If you need a healer, he's your healing. If you need redemption, he's your redeemer. His name is Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. All of God is in that name. That name is not a magic formula. That name is the nature and the identity of Almighty God. It means Jehovah. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Yahweh. Elohim El Shaddai Elyon. The God who was and is and is to come the Almighty. That God. The one God. The living God. The only God. Has become my salvation. That's his name. As a memorial unto all generations. That the Lord is my Savior. This is why we take great umbrage. When people try to say that God delegated the work of the cross to a separate person. No, he did not. That was him on that cross. No, no, no. He did not leave us. He did not forsake us. He came down into the form of a human being. He came down. God was manifest in the flesh. You know what God I'm talking about. There's only one God. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Seen of angels, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. You don't have to wonder who that was on the cross. That was God in flesh. Yes, that name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. He saved my soul from a devil's hell. Yes, he did. He washed my sins away. Yes, he did. The Lord is become my salvation brother Tyreek to understand the power and the integrity of that name Jehovah 
He who is self-existent doesn't even need us. Doesn't even need us. He needs nothing from us. He gets nothing from us. Even when we praise him, it's not for him, it's for us. He's not commanding praise because he's on an ego trip. He commands praise because he knows it will lift us out of the despair of our soul. The self-existent one. became my savior you gotta know what he saved me from he saved me from the devil's hell he saved me from a lake that burns with fire he saved me from sickness and disease he saved me from sin I said he saved me from sin beautiful name it is and he didn't save me by snapping his fingers he didn't save me by waving a magic wand no he was obedient in all points even unto death and not just any death the death of a cross that is the only way the law could be fulfilled. And he fulfilled every jot and every tittle of the law. There wasn't one little precept he left out. There wasn't one little comma that he overlooked. There wasn't one semicolon that he didn't address. In all points of the law, he covered my transgression of that law. So yeah, it does matter whose name you're baptized in. Because it is forever settled in heaven who settled that debt. It is forever settled in heaven who paid that price. It is forever settled in heaven who accomplished and fulfilled that law. So yeah, I must be born of the water and of the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And let me remind you what happens when you go down in that watery grave in the name that's above every name. I want you to understand what happens. You give up your name. I give up my name. I know y'all call me Joel Urshan, but that's not the name that will be covering me when I stand before him in judgment. When I stand before him in judgment, I don't stand there with all the failings and all the misdeeds and all the sin and transgression and iniquity of Joel Urshan. I stand there covered, covered, covered by the blood. Covered by the blood. Let me be specific. Covered by the DNA of Jesus Christ. And because I'm covered with his DNA, his blood is on me. It changed my identity. Now I don't get judged for all my mistakes. I am held accountable according to his innocence. 
The devil, oh, the devil wants everything that's recorded in my life to come up against me in judgment. But, but, but my, the book of my life has no bearing if my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So I went down Joel and I came up with the name of Jesus emblazoned upon my heart, my mind, my birth certificate, my passport, my social security number. Everything's got Jesus all over it. That name, that name, that name, that name, Jesus said, I want it to be a memorial unto every generation. Hallelujah. Now, I'm done. The musicians can come. I'm done. But listen to me now. Listen to me. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that when he returns, he's coming with a name that nobody knows but him. You thought you knew everything there was to know about God? We don't know everything there is to know about God. Hallelujah. When we get into that city, he's got a new name to show us. That's even deeper and more grand. See, there is none other name under heaven given among men. Hallelujah. But, but, but he's got a name up there we don't even know. Nobody knows it but him. Wrapped up in that name is the integrity and the divine nature and the character and the loving kindness and the tender mercies of the Lord our God who is one. And when we enter that city, we shall know even as we are known. We will know him for we shall see him as he is and we shall be like him. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, every sickness has to flee. In the name of Jesus, every sin loses its stronghold. In the name of Jesus, he Brother Jordan, the seven sons of Sceva said, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. I adjure you by Jesus. But we don't adjure by Jesus. We do it in Jesus. The preposition matters. Are you with him or in him? Are you by him or in him? Are you of him or in him? David said to the giant, I come not against you with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. It matters where you're positioned. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, today is the day of salvation. It's time to be baptized in the only saving name. It is not just a public declaration of your faith. It is an exchange of identity. Yes, it is. And what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name. And if you have been baptized in that name, then live like it. And pray like it. And believe like it. And walk in it. 
and take authority in it and stand strong in that name for this shall be a memorial unto you in all generations. Somebody lift your hands under that name right now. Somebody lift your hands to that name right now. Sister Buller, I thank you and Bishop for preaching that name, for holding on to that name, for declaring the power and the efficacy of that name. I need some folks in this generation to say we believe it. We hold on to it. There is none other name. There is none other name. God bless you. Somebody else come right now. Somebody else come right now. I need some folks that believe in the power of that name. I need some folks who believe in the power of that name. It's that name that will calm your fears. It's that name that will dry your tears. It's that name that will keep you through the years. It's that name that will heal the sickness in your body. It's that name that will give you peace with your past. It's that name that will remove the sins from your record. <laughs> it's that name that will keep your children. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name. I want somebody to bring their need to God right now. I want somebody to bring their need to God right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus as best I can. I'm trying to tell you who he is. I'm trying to explain his nature. Because I believe that if the prodigal son had known the nature of the father, he would have never left him in the first place. He clearly did not know him because he left him and then wondered if he would ever be welcomed back, only to find out that yes, of course, 
Yes, of course. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And I believe there's somebody here who needs to know the nature of Jesus. You need to be acquainted again with the nature of your heavenly Father. It was him on that cross. It was him on that cross because he loves you with an everlasting love. You can trust him. You can love him. You can serve him. You can give all of your life to him. You can give everything to him.